When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. We got a season recap here. Mike, you want to talk about your Hokies? We can. It was a good season, so it let's was do a good it. season. It was uh, Justin Fuente's first season in charge in Blacksburg, and finished nine and four uh, in the regular season. I guess. Well, we should. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's say nine and three, uh, representing the coastal in the ACC championship game, and then winning the Belk Bowl for a ten and four finish. Got to be pretty pleased with how that all turned out. Yeah, they lost a couple games in the middle of the season that I wish they hadn't have lost. Uh, Syracuse, they didn't even show up. Georgia Tech, too many mistakes, too many turnovers. Uh, lost two games there that they probably shouldn't have lost, but I thought they recouped nicely. They put up a decent showing against Clemson in the bowl game. I thought that was important because um, you know nobody knew at that time that Clemson was going to win the national title, but you know you saw them and they were obviously in contention. So I think looking at Virginia Tech and uh, the way they were able to at least hang around that game gave you some confidence as a Hokies fan that this team really was heading in the right direction. It wasn't just you know smoke and mirrors beating a bunch of uh, bad teams all year. Uh, the one other game, of course, the Battle of Bristol against Tennessee, uh, that was the first of a couple of turnover-laden losses. Uh, five turnovers in that game. They lost five fumbles. It's it's tough to win football games when you lose that many fumbles. Some of it's luck, but you, of course, can't put the ball on the ground either, and that's what the Hokies did. I think Virginia Tech gets that game at the end of the year. They handle Tennessee pretty easily. Uh, it was certainly heading in that direction before Virginia Tech started turning the football over in that game. So, uh, you know, it could have been an even better season than it was, but I think if you're, you know, glass half full and you look at Virginia Tech, I think you got to be really happy with how they were able to play for a majority of the season. The fact that they did get to nine wins and then were able to go to the bowl game and, and come, have the comeback that they had in the Belk Bowl against Arkansas and come out on the on a good side of things and – uh, you know, now they're going to move forward and a lot of guys are leaving and they're going to have to regroup heading into next season. Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned there were three losses in the regular season. I felt like all of them were kind of their own brand of head scratchers. Um, as you mentioned, the Tennessee loss, I mean, they get out in front and they're, they have a lead in that game and then start just turning the ball over like it's their job. I thought that was kind of bizarre. The road trip to Syracuse, that that loss came out of nowhere. Um, they, I mean, they had looked really good. They're coming off of a, a win the previous week over North Carolina by 31 points, and then go to the Carrier Dome and face a, a subpar Syracuse team and lose by two touchdowns. Uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then late in the year, lost to my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in a game when Justin Thomas wasn't playing. Uh, there were a few players that were you know pretty key to Georgia Tech's team that weren't playing and they have them at home and lose by 10 and it probably probably wasn't even that close um so yeah it was it was kind of a couple of really bizarre losses thrown in there but overall I mean nine wins your first campaign you can't really complain about that if you're a Virginia Tech fan I can't think 
Um, Gerard Evans stepping in first year as a quarterback. He was really effective a lot of the year. Uh, they got a lot of use out of Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges. Um, a lot of these guys are all leaving, though, heading into the NFL and such. And so it's it's a big question of replacement heading into 2017. Um, Bud Foster's defense, I thought, too, was also retaining him on the staff proved pretty crucial. Um, it, it, that, that Hokies defense was just as good as advertised over the last several years. And, and I thought that made a pretty big deal in, in several of these wins as well, Mike. It did. I thought the defense took a huge step forward. They were a young team on that side of the ball, um, a young group, should I say, uh, two seasons ago now. Uh, you know, they were trying to find their footing. They had some issues on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, Michael Brewer getting hurt two years ago. So a lot of guys were injured. A lot of young guys were able to step up and play early. You come into this past season, and, you know, a lot of these guys have another year of experience under their belt, some valuable playing time when the games didn't matter quite as much. And what you get is a double-digit win season back to the way Virginia Tech's used to playing football for a majority of the season. So, yeah, I thought the defense was, you know, really solid against Boston College. I mean, what defense isn't solid against Boston College? Then you got North Carolina win, which I thought was it was significant because even though it was being played in a hurricane, it was a game that they absolutely had to have at the time uh, when considering their standing in the ACC Coastal moving forward through the rest of the season. You looked at their Coastal Division schedule, and you figure the two games that stuck out to you most were the Miami game and the North Carolina game. So the fact that Tech was able to nab that one early against North Carolina when North Carolina was a top-20 team, not only that, but win the way that they did, I thought that was really important for them. And then the loss to Syracuse, you know, kind of up in the air. The defense played okay in that game. The offense couldn't get anything going. It was very strange because Syracuse had one of the worst defenses in the country heading into that game, and Virginia Tech couldn't move the ball on them. It was the strangest thing. Um, I had just seen Syracuse a couple weeks before that against Notre Dame when Notre Dame scored with, what, three or four touchdowns in the first few minutes of game action, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this Syracuse defense, a lot of points can be put up on them. And I see Virginia Tech go in there and into the Carrier Dome and can't score any points, and it was very strange. Uh, but the defense played okay in that game despite giving up 31 points. Uh, the defense was especially was especially good the week after that against Miami. I think it was like 10 days later. Um, that, that's when they had their bye week. And, you know, the Miami game was really good on a Thursday night because they were coming off that really bad Syracuse loss, and you're thinking, okay, defense has to play well. Offense can score on these guys. You know, Tech's defense really has to get together. They did. They hold Miami to 16 points. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, the Notre Dame game, there, there were a couple of crucial turnovers that kind of turned the game around. Um, Virginia, obviously, winning that game at the end of the year, 52-10. to 10. And, you know, Clemson, they put up 42 points and moved the ball up and down the field. But there were some times in that game where Clemson was kind of on their heels a little bit offensively, and I think that's what you want to see at the very least with a young defense is you want to see them get elite talent on their heels. And there were definitely some times throughout that game against Clemson, especially late when Virginia Tech was mounting a comeback, that Deshaun Watson and that offense, they were pressing a little bit against the Hokies defense. And, you know, if you want to see some sort of development, even in a loss, I think that that came in that Clemson game. So the defense uh, still a work in progress, much better than it was two years ago. Um, the defense is getting back to playing Bud Foster football on that side of the ball, which is what they needed. And I think moving forward into next season, they're not losing a whole lot. They're losing Kenny Canem at, at defensive end. That's pretty significant from a pass rushing perspective, but they do have a couple of guys coming in, um, not only in the recruiting class, but uh, guys who have been rotational players. They'll take on a bigger role on the defensive line in the front seven. So Virginia Tech's going to have another very good defense next season with a lot of returning starters that should help them, uh, especially if the offense gets off to a slower start with all their losses to the NFL draft. 
The the away part of this schedule that I was looking at is really kind of bizarre. Um, Virginia Tech handled their business away from home really well against good teams and pretty shaky against not-so-good teams. Um, namely, again, the loss to Syracuse, and then also I would say that the near miss against Duke. Uh, they, they won that game by three points on the road. Meanwhile, they also beat North Carolina by 31 at you know in Chapel Hill. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh on a Thursday night, and they beat Notre Dame in South Bend uh, in a comeback effort. And so it seemed a little bit like Virginia Tech playing to their opponent's level. The Syracuse game, to me, is still a bit of a head-scratcher. And if you just look at the box score, Virginia Tech put up 468 yards of offense in that game. They threw for 300 and ran for 160. I mean, I mean, and they came away with 17 points against a, a subpar Syracuse defense. I think the weird thing is if, if you look at it, Syracuse probably played their biggest ball control game of the year because Syracuse ended up with 33 and a half minutes of possession. That's like five minutes above their their season average of 28-41. So just, yeah, just kind of a a weird head-scratcher of a game. But for the most part, I mean, the the overall body of work here, I mean, five days later, Virginia Tech came back and and hosted Miami and blew blew them out of the water in Blacksburg. So... You know, kind of up and down here and there, but um, overall, I gotta say, is probably a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good track record. Fair enough. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, next season they have to do a bit better job of not falling behind in games, having to mount furious comebacks, uh, so they don't end up in a situation uh, like they were against Duke, where they kind of built a lead, then kind of rested on their laurels a little bit and had to scramble at the end to pull it out. Notre Dame, they had to scramble in the end to pull it out. The Belk Bowl had to scramble at the end to pull it out they would rather not do that you know and I think uh it's not going to be an easy ask next year with all the new faces on offense but uh hopefully they'll have some sort of consistency on that side of the ball and defensively as well so that they can play you know a full 60 minutes where um you know either everything's going well or you know maybe everything's not going well but at least you know one way or the other it's not this mercurial swings of momentum here throughout uh throughout a given game or or throughout a part of the schedule Moving into 2017, I'll, I'll be very honest and say that I haven't looked into any sort of staff changes, but I would imagine that a lot of the staff is remaining intact yep. entirely. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. So you got the same uh, same group of guys in that continuate that can. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The not, continuity. There it continuity. is. Continuity. Locker room. Big words on the <laughs> on the basketball conference podcast. Um, yeah, continuity, um, especially on on. Offense, you know, you're breaking in a lot of new players, getting some some fresh playing time and stuff like that. So um, that, that's going to be a big deal. We look at the schedule, and the out of conference is really not terrible. Um, they start at well uh, at a neutral site game against West Virginia. Where's that one being played? Mike? It's at FedEx, uh, the Redskins Stadium. Okay, so they're in DC. Yeah, um, that's a that'll be a fun one. It will because I think you'll get a lot of West Virginia fans traveling and a lot of Hokies fans in the DC area as well. So, uh, not, I mean, usually when tech plays at FedEx field, you're talking about a big time home field advantage. The fact they're playing West Virginia, I think that negates that quite a bit. So, uh, it should be a pretty even split and a pretty, uh, pretty fun environment. I would think. Isn't that like the, like the black diamond rivalry or something? Black yeah. Diamond rivalry. First time they played in how long? Uh, it's, oh man, I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, it's been a while. Maybe they, like, maybe back when they were both like big East yeah, teams or something. It's old big East. Yep. Okay. 
that the first time Virginia Tech's played at FedEx since like a Boise State season since opener? The Boise, a few years uh, they played Boise, but they played uh, they played Cincinnati in 2012, I believe it was. Okay. Don't quote me on the year. I believe it was my sophomore year of college. They played Cincinnati at FedEx Field. Okay. I'm digging deep into my Virginia Tech knowledge yeah. over here. So They lost that game, too, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. ouch. Um, okay, so open in FedEx Field against West Virginia. From there, it's pretty manageable for the next three games. Home against Delaware at a dangerous East Carolina squad, but maybe not as dangerous going into next year. And then home against Old Dominion. So I think worst case, you're looking at 3-1 and one as Clemson comes to town. And at this point, we don't know what Clemson's going to be with as much talent as they're losing uh, they go on the road to Boston College, home against North Carolina, home against Duke, at Miami, at Georgia Tech, home against Pittsburgh, at Virginia. Um, really, I think a lot of the season probably swings on the two back-to-back road games in November at Miami, at Georgia Tech. Yep. Um, yep. And if you want to have your season swing on a couple of road games, the best time to do it is in November when... You know, you've got guys that are experienced and, and you're in rhythm and everything like that. So I, I think overall, fair to say that probably this schedule sets up pretty pretty decently for Virginia Tech here, Mike. I think it sets up for a very similar record that they had last year. Um, there's always a game in there that you're not expecting them to lose that they end up losing. I don't think it'll come in the first four games. Uh, nobody will be surprised if Virginia Tech loses to West Virginia, so I won't count that as a surprise if they do lose a season opener. Uh, the three games after that, I don't think Tech will have a problem there. Where I think they could suffer an upset is somewhere in late October, the North, the, the swing of North Carolina games, uh, North Carolina games there. They play at home against the Tar Heels and at home against Duke. You don't always expect Virginia Tech to lose a game like that at home against two teams that are in transition like North Carolina and Duke are, and, and like Virginia Tech is in many ways. But uh, I think that's a game – you know that's a sequence there in one of those two games where Virginia Tech could conceivably drop one that you're not expecting them to. Uh, but overall, I think this sets up for another nine-win season at the very least uh, when looking at the schedule. You know the defense is coming back. There are some playmakers on offense returning. Uh, they do have Trayvon McMillan coming back at running back, Cam Phillips on the outside of receiver, C.J. Carroll, a slot guy, Chris Cunningham, who came on as a conventional tight end towards the end of the year. He had four touchdown passes on six catches this year. So they're going to utilize him a bit more in the passing game. And a couple of rotational guys at receiver that should step up and play a bit a bit bigger role now that Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges are out of the fold. You know, it'll really rest on who the quarterback's ultimately going to be. Josh Jackson looks like he's going to be the guy for the Hokies, and if that's the case, he's a very talented kid, a former four-star recruit out of Michigan. He can step in and hopefully uh, provide some stability at the quarterback position. I think that will go a long way to determining how many games the Hokies win next season. Uh, a lot of people are going to point to the Clemson game being the toughest game on their schedule. Uh, I understand why people think that, but Clemson is losing will be tough. I think Clemson can come in, can come into Blacksburg and beat Virginia Tech, but I think that's I don't think that's the hardest game on their schedule. I don't. And um, if there were four games I had to pick them to lose right now, it's West Virginia, Clemson, Miami, and Georgia Tech. More likely than not, you know, uh, they could win two or three of those. It could win all four. I have no idea. But um, I think a safe bet right now, this early in the off season, I think another nine and three season, a chance to compete for a coastal division. Um, a Coastal Division title and get back to the ACC championship game. I don't think that's unreasonable at this point. All I'm going to say, Mike, 
is you should be very, very afraid of that vaunted Miami home field advantage. All 12 people. <laughs> hey, they might even draw 14 or 15 for that game. It looks like tickets are going for $19 for that game. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't want to hear anything about the Miami, the Miami fan base. I know Cam Underwood over at State of the U does mad page views, but if only that translated to people actually in the seats, <laughs> that'd be great. It's like you can comment on the message boards, but you're not putting your asses in the seats. Mm. So, Get some hot takes here. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this trying to think of, like, absolute worst case, you know, worst case scenario is probably, like, seven and five. If you, you know, you pointed out those four games of West Virginia, Clemson, Miami, and Georgia Tech, lose all of those, and then maybe drop one to, like, either Pitt or Duke or something. But, I mean, if that's your absolute floor on the season, I mean, you're sitting in a pretty good spot, and... Like you said, I I feel pretty comfortable with like eight and three, nine and four, eight eight and four, nine and three. Um, it's been a long day, uh, so you know, and and potentially even better than that, you know, just depending. It's it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty in the ACC right now with a, a lot of experience leaving. It's that was very important to a lot of teams, and so uh, we kind of have to wait and see what we're going to get from several of these programs, such as Clemson, such as Pitt, such as you know, take your pick, um, North Carolina, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I think things look good for, uh, for the Hokies going into 2017, Mike. The fact they have their defense returning, I think is really important. Most of the key guys, minus Kenny Canem, who, while he was really good and all ACC caliber player, you can replace him with the talent that they have at the, on the defensive line on their roster. Um, he's replaceable. Uh, so, you know, that that gives you some hope if you're a Virginia Tech fan. If the offense just kind of figures things out early and, you know, the defense can come out firing on all cylinders right away. Uh, of course, usually the offense is a little bit ahead of the defense, so that's, of course, something to worry about as well if the offense is struggling early in the season. Well, and i got to like the, the chances that the offense will be good under Justin Fuente. He's traditionally run very successful offenses between Memphis and TCU and otherwise, so uh, i I got to like their hopes there. Yeah, and, and real quick, too, uh, a lot of people are putting a lot of onus on the fact Gerard Evans left and the quarterback position is vacant. Uh, you know, if there's one position on offense that's kind of interchangeable in a Justin Fuente system, it's the quarterback position. And people think I'm crazy for saying that, but it's really predicated on the short passing game. And, you know, you look at Virginia Tech, I think the biggest issue for them is losing two four-year starters on the right side of the offensive line at guard and tackle. Aki Conti at guard and Jonathan McLaughlin at tackle both move on. You need to replace those two guys first. They have some guys who have rotated in that can do it, but have not started regularly um, at those two spots. So that's going to be the bigger question mark for me, bigger than losing Ford or Hodges or Evans. It's how are you going to replace the two guys on the offensive line? If you get some sort of running game going, great. That'll open up the short passing game, which really in this offense is all you need. It's it's a one-read quick offense, balls in and out of the quarterback's hands. I, I think they have plenty of quarterbacks on the roster that can handle an offense like this. It's going to really come down to how well the offensive line plays, whether or not they can have a consistent run game next season. I think if they do that, they'll be in a lot better shape. We'll have to wait and see. Mike, you got anything else on West, on uh, Virginia Tech right now? I'm good. All set. Good deal. Well, this has been fun. This has been good. Uh, we got a couple more uh, reviews to do from, from the 2016 season, so we'll keep those coming at you guys 
uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got you know takes on what we said here, you could find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BZ Podcast ACC. Uh, you could also send us an email with your thoughts, you know, questions, comments, concerns, the uh, suggestion box, as you will. Uh, you can send those things to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, you can also theoretically find us on Facebook, Mike. You can. Yeah. That's new. We're, we're going we're gonna to say that you can, and we're going to just assume that by the time this is posted, we've already got that Facebook page up. So just go search for Basketball Conference Podcast on Facebook and shoot us a like, and we will make sure to distribute some sweet, sweet ACC football content uh, on the uh, on the Facebook machine so you can find us no there No gear. Well. No gear because we don't have any, but content. We got plenty of that. Hey, if you guys want the apparel, you just let us know, and we will uh, we'll get the the uh, shop set up on the uh, Facebook page. Maybe. Yeah, we, we don't have haters, but <laughs> we have a shop. So. Oh, I feel like Facebook comments are the best places to find haters. So. Yep. If you're a hater and you want to make yourself known, that is that is the place to do it. Um, so it is it is open for business. Come and join. All right, Mike, you want to come back and do this again uh, here in the next couple weeks? Yep, let's do it. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Go ACC. Go ACC.